and welcome to another edition of the Empire Strikes Back, the UK Yankees podcast. Tonight, coming to you from me, Chris, in the chair, and with me uh, all the way from where are you actually? Uh, Kev, where are you? Uh, I'm in a place called Friedrichshafen, which is in on the Bonnie Banks of Lake Constance in Germany. I'm over here for a show with work, and it's damn nice to be out of the country, to be somewhere different. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's been a bit of a stressful trip, just with all the paperwork, and I had to take a PCR test this morning, which will determine if I'm allowed to get back to the UK or not. Hopefully it comes back negative, but yeah, overall, it's nice to be away drinking some yeah, vice beer on the banks of Lake Constance. That doesn't sound terrible at all. Um, and, and from an entirely different country, uh, we have David Andrews joining us. Hi, uh, Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, all the way from sunny Pembrokeshire. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. So, uh, yeah, let's say representing three countries, um, but at the same time, uh, representing the Yankees, who uh, we're recording this on, on September the 1st, and we have been through a really interesting August, an August where... We've gone on a 13-game win streak. Um, we're currently on a four-game losing streak. We, yeah, Kev's always uh, talking about how streaky this team is, and I think uh, August proves it. Um, in August, we played 28 games. We won 20 of them and lost eight, which uh, is pretty good going, and I think you'd take that normally in any uh, any sort of part of the season. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but what I wanted to start with is that 13-game winning streak that we went on, um, and... I just want to try and take some of your best moments from it, guys. So what, what, when we went on that 13-game winning streak, which included the majority of last week, which is nice to say, especially when we were taking on the Braves, um, what, what, were the, what were the bits that, uh, that stood out to you? If I just quickly go, I actually thought for the first time all season, there was a smile. There was a, there was a buzz about the team. There was a smile. You know, we often, I think, mentioned on last week's podcast about Velasquez, but it was, um, you know, it was just good to see a team that seemed to be enjoying enjoying playing at last. Yeah, I, I couldn't disagree with that. I think the whole sort of next man up thing had, had came alive for us. And it, it just it felt like the team were enjoying playing baseball again. It didn't matter who was going to be in the team, but you just knew that the, the team was going to rally around. I think something we did mention um, last week was that the whenever the maybe I didn't actually it may have been on Twitter, but whenever a pitcher was having a bad game, the offense would pick them up. You know, the offense was was hitting runs and keeping us in the game, and just we went to the West Coast. We need to caveat everything we say about. The last week is the fact it was a West Coast. We never travel well over there. We started good, but um, but yeah, going back, I just think the whole team camaraderie, the whole sort of spirit of the team was was good again. I think the pitching was good. I think you know Nestor Cortez, um, Andrew Velasquez, unexpected guys stepping up to the plate was just um, was just brilliant, and I think that was what carried us. Um, I don't think we should be too disheartened by going to the West Coast and dropping some games. Obviously, dropping four in a row is yeah, it's not what we wanted to see. But I think I think we will bounce back from it hopefully pretty quickly. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's difficult to... Uh, when you're, you're playing against an Angel side that has that destructive force that is Shoei Otani in it, and you don't know you know, whether he's going to strike out or whether he's going to crush a bomb, you know, <laughs> you, you, you just can't trust him in any lineup not to destroy you. So um, for sure, that's it's painful the last couple of days. And, and the athletics, I thought we'd have, it was a shame we didn't um, take the last, certainly one of those last two games against the athletics. So I, I felt like we were, we were on top and it, it was a shame that we didn't close that out. But at the same time, like you say, the, the team looks just so like they, they're getting into it. They're having fun. And, and I think, you know, you've pointed this out in the before uh, Kevin Jack certainly has, there's been points during the season where it's really hard to root for this team, but in August it's been really yeah. easy to root for them because of the changes that they've made and the impact that, um, that those changes have had uh, on this team. So phew, what can you do? It's, um, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, so for me, the, the, the highlight, I mean, I know, I know it wasn't quite last week, it was two weeks ago, but uh, taking two games out of the Red Sox in a day, I mean, <laughs> can't, yeah, can't really yeah. get better than that, can you? We'll always have that. We'll always have that. Yeah, so, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to drag it back, but unfortunately last week I hadn't listened to the previous week's show. Um, before the show, just things were too busy, but I have listened to it since. And I think we should rename it the Kev Was Right Show. Would what? that be accurate? Why, why would we do that? I, I listen, because I listen back and all you were admitting was that Kev was right, Kev was right, Kev was right again, Kev was right. And I wasn't far off this week with 3-3, three and three, but unfortunately we, we dropped yeah. that extra game to, to make me not right this time. But Well, I, I think, yeah. I think in, in that episode, I think I, I, the episode you're talking about, I think I went for, for 6-1 and one and we ended up going 7-0. and oh. So I, I'm, I'm quite happy yeah. with that. You were wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, still take, I'll take how close I was as opposed to what you got christened in that pod, which was Captain Nick. Captain Nick. Yeah, I'll take Captain Nick. Captain <laughs> Nick, because at least you're admitting I'm the captain, so I'll accept that. Almost, say, almost sounds like we've got a new drinking game, doesn't it? Either Kev was right. <laughs> it's it's one of these things that you talked about. We talked about last week. You talked about the week before. This team is streaky, and it seems to be, as quickly as we turn it on, we seem to have a habit of turning it back off quite quickly, and that's a little bit frustrating. Um, I think we have some seriously streaky players. I think Stanton was mentioned. Stanton, overall, his numbers this year have been fantastic, but the guy is so streaky, isn't he? Just, you know, one minute he's up, one minute he's down, but... It's hard to be hard on the players when they've come off a 13-game winning streak, gone to the West Coast and dropped a few games in a row because it's the West Coast, man. It's just, it's not good. I was actually really, really pleased when we won them first two games against the A's. I was surprised. I thought we would win one, drop one, and we won two. And I thought, oh, can we keep this going? But then I thought, the streak's got to end at some point, And unfortunately... The streaks went the other way a little bit just now, but I do think once we come back across, back across to a, a more respectable time zone, we will um, we'll get back in the game. And that's a feeling I've got. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I kind of feel that way. I mean, well, we, we hit we hit the ground running against the Orioles when they get back at home. Yeah, and you know, you you want to think you know again. The Rays have been streaking, but the Rays have been playing so many against the 
Orioles that you actually want us to actually make that mark. Got seven home games, three against the Orioles, four against the Blue Jays. And that's going to be, you know, we've got ourselves a nice little couple of game gap at the moment with the first wild card with, you know, a couple of games up. It could be better. But from where we were in July, we would never have seen that kind of position. As you're saying, you know, we're streaky. You just, if we, nobody will want to play us in the playoffs, but we could go damn cold on that one-off game. And but that's just the nature of the team that we have. It, it is, is, but I've, I've sort of felt whenever I've seen us play, I've thought, do you know what? In a wild card game, I'd back us against any of the opposition that we've got right now, whether we're on a high or whether we're, we're struggling a bit. I think, I think we've got a team that's capable of of winning a wild card game yeah. uh, with, with the pit, you know, the good pitchers that we've got and the hitting that we've got. And you're talking about Stanton being streaky. You look at him and Judge, the pair of them in August. And you can't separate them in terms of what they've done. You know, they're, they're both averaging around 350. Um, they've both got 25 RBIs. They've both got over eight, eight home runs. You know, they're both playing really, really well. And it's, it's fantastic. And when, when you see Judge knocking a single to knock in runs, uh, and you know he's, he's done it on purpose, because that's the right play to make rather than going for that big home run. Whereas Stanton, let's be fair, can do nothing but try try and hit home runs. And if he hits into a yeah. double or a single, it's pure luck. Um, you know, it, it's when that's working with them too, that, that's what's going to, you know, you're going to result in a, a, a 20 and eight streak over, over August, quite frankly. On you go, David. Sorry. I was just going to say one of the things, um, you know, sadly sort of waking up at a ridiculous time of the morning, you know, the last few games I've been straight on listening to John and Susan talking. Last time, John has been unbelievably upbeat during the, the streak. Last night was the first time that you got the, I'm looking in the rearview mirror now, eight games to pick up on the raise in the next 30 will be probably too much. Therefore, let's make sure that we're effectively ahead of the, the first one out of the four. Because really, you're yeah. looking... I think that's fair. I don't think we're catching the Rays. The problem with the Rays, catching the Rays, is that the Rays keep winning. They keep winning series. They keep winning series. They, they're just in too good form for the fact that we can claw back eight games in, in September. It's just not going to happen. I think, overall, we just need to make sure that we get the wild card place. If it's a wild card game against the Red Sox. I don't think I can take that. I don't. It's going to be awful. And as you rightly said earlier, as much as we are as likely to turn up with a team that can win it, we could turn up with a team where the bats just go cold. And the thought of that is just... Oh. I, I, I can't even go there. That's how bad it is. I know. I know what you mean. I, I, I just feel like we, we've got this. I feel like we've got this. I think we've got the wild card and I think we'll, we'll be fine. But equally, for that to work out, um, but for us to have any chance in taking the division, which I do think we have got, I, I think the next week, and, I, and I, when I thought about this, and I hadn't said it on the pod before, but I, I thought this that four-game series against Oakland would be such a massive series. It wasn't because of the winning streak we went on before it, to be honest. But the next week, week and a half, 
is really important because we've got to land and beat the Orioles three times. Let's be honest. They need to be beaten three times. We need to prove that we can beat them. They are yep. entirely beatable Absolutely. and lots. And then we've got a four-game series against the Blue Jays, which we need to sweep. Like If, if we're going to have any hope of, of taking it away from the Rays, we need to sweep that. That said... Um, I, I think you'll find the Rays have got an awful lot of games also against the Blue Jays during that time and also the Red Sox. So it will be an interesting one to, to see how it goes. I, I, I have a feeling, I have a sneaky feeling that we're just going to pip them to the post, you know, and I think, think the Astros, come... Astros are going to do us a favour. Do you think it will all come down to those last three games? I think it will all come down Which, to those last three games. Because I'm in two minds, because you think if the Rays have already won the division, they could be well sorting out their rotation ready for the playoffs. And you think, okay, that might give us a chance. The Rays don't like us. So therefore any opportunity to potentially put us out, they'll take. So I don't yep. quite know, you know, it'd be great if it comes down to something to play for, for the division in those last three games. Being honest, if the games go the way I think they're going to go, I think those last three games might be kind of both teams set themselves up. One for us for the wildcard game and then looking at sorting the rotation. I, I think we will be enough ahead of the Red Sox by that point that it won't matter. And I think it will kind of be a bit of a dead series in October with them. I was hoping that we could keep them in touch to the point where there was three games in it going into that series where we could really rein them in. But I, I just... They just—they're not dropping games to the point where we need them to. And I—I just—I look at their schedule and just think I don't see an eight, even a six-game swing to put us in the contention going into that final series. I just don't see yeah. it. The, their three, schedule is pretty light. Captain Neg, yeah. Captain Neg has spoken. But the three—the <laughs> three, the three games that we haven't mentioned is when we played in the league against the Mets earlier in the summer, yeah. when they were streaking and we were cold. Now they seem to be in, you know... Booing the fans. Yeah, exactly. You could think, you know, it's not you know, out of the realms of possibility that if you think three against the Orioles, then four against the Blue Jays, three against the Mets, before we then play Twins and Orioles, you think, actually, is it possible to get that another streak going to put the pressure on? It, it is, but I think Kev's has got a point in that the the Rays schedule is really light. They've got the Twins three times. Uh-huh. They've got the Tigers. They've got six games against the Tigers, and they've got three games against the Marlins. So they have got a relatively easy run to the back end of the season. Mm-hmm. But equally, I, I still think if we can put the pressure on by winning the majority, you know, if if we can go on a streak similar to what we've done in August in September then that puts the pressure on them and they have got to keep winning. Uh, I'm not so sure they'll beat the Blue Jays. I'm not so sure they'll, they've got, you know, they've got plenty of games, you know, five games against the Red Sox. They've got six games against the Blue Jays. I'm not sure they're going to win the majority of those. Um, I'd like to see the Blue Jays stick up a fight and I think they will. So yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting one. We'll, we'll, we'll see. This all might be uh, I hope you're right. in a week's time. Yeah, I really hope. hope we we'll, you always hope we're right, Captain Neg. And you never, you never are. It's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, no, I, I really do hope. I do hope you're right, and I hope that we can. I just hope we can claw it back. But 
I just think we've left it too late now, and I, I think they're they're not dropping games in the way that we are in the past. So, okay. So, I, I just want to talk about about players generally. Uh, we've seen a really odd season, but particularly we, we look at August. But I'm I'm just interested in what you guys have seen from this team, not just in August, but since the trade deadline. Like, what what's the things that that you've seen that that you like or you dislike uh, about this team that are going to help us win those games and push us over the edge. I love Andrew Velasquez. I love good defence at shortstop. I love Anthony Rizzo at first base. I love getting Gio Urshela back at third base and just seeing that infield where you just felt so confident in the defence of, like, it's just so good to watch. There was a play, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, where Velasquez slid in behind, I think it was a door. Um, a door just missed the ball, and Velasquez was right there behind him, got up, made the throw, uh, and got the out. And that, that's the kind of stuff we've just been missing, I, I think, as a team. I think we mentioned before as well about Voigt. You know, Voigt stood up for himself. There was a kind of mixed bag to it. You know, some people thought it might have been seen as a major negative and it might have been sort of ostracised from the team because of it. But I think in a way it was him saying, no, I'm, I'm confident in myself. Let me play more. And I think we do need to find more ways to get him at bats. Yeah, overall, I think the thing we mentioned earlier was just that team spirit. The spirit of the team, the next man up kind of thing we had a few years ago where you just felt like no matter who played, this team had confidence right through it. But uh, as I said, let's not get too negged out about the fact we've lost a few over on the West Coast. Uh, as long as we come back to this next series, being the team we were before we left um, over here, I think, and I think we will, I think there's enough quality in the team. I think there's enough guys hitting well. I think we're getting the pitching back. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super confident about, I think starting pitching, we're good. I think... You want one point defence for me. I think the defence is so much stronger than it was and I think that's a big positive for us going forward. In the outfield as well. I think in the outfield, you know, um, Gallo has added a lot in the outfield in terms of defence. I think Judge at centre field <laughs> looks pretty well, good. I'm, gonna jump in there and just pull you, I'm just going to jump in there and pull you up on this, Captain Wright, all the time. So for me, mm. I watched the game, the Oakland game, where our man who's just come back from injury to play third base, who I've forgotten his name. Gio. He's been out for so Gio. long. Gio. Gio, Gio, Gio made one at the spectacular jumping play to, to make a catch, but yeah. he did make a pretty awful error. error. So yeah, whilst the defense is, is looking, I, I feel confident. I'm a little bit worried about that incident. And I'm, I'm hoping that's just a one-off. He's made a couple of. It's not common for, it's not common for him to be fair. His gloves generally pretty good. It is for me. It is a one-off, to be fair. But then you you, you talk yeah. about um, the others as well, where I, I think Velasquez obviously a solid shortstop, but I'm not sure how much time he's going to continue to get. Gallo in that game as well looked lost in left field. Quite frankly, he had a ball fly over his head and, and looked awful. That that worried me a lot. So he needs to get better in the outfield. And and for me, the the one who's really stepped up believe it or not, 
it, for, again, in August as a whole, was Brett Gardner. So his defense has been stunning, like running into walls, making catches and stopping stopping plays, robbing, like properly robbing doubles and, and sometimes home runs. Um, so a player that we thought was on his way out and people have been complaining about, to be honest, kept us in games and sometimes helped us win those games. And so the defense for me has been improved by Brett Gardner being improved in center field. That's that shocked me. I, I didn't think I'd be saying it, to be honest, but it's been improved by him being a stud in center field. I, I don't think his glove was, was too much. Into it. I think he has improved. I think all aspects of his game seem to have improved in the past few weeks, I would say. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's hit. He's hit at good times as well. He has. Point. He's been clutch. He has been clutch. But I think. I think he's just. I don't think his glove was in doubt. I think he's lost a bit of speed a little bit. But I think overall, from Garvey, we we kind of know we get that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know, Kev. I think at the beginning of the season, he made some big errors uh, in the field. Didn't look as confident. And and seeing him back to his best gives me yeah. that level of confidence for him to be in either centre or left. Um, and, and being comfortable, which I, I certainly wasn't until August happened, to be honest. My um, take, again, on the defence is that we've been stopping giving away the easy bases. And that's where you've got the infield have been stellar. And I still think having a top-notch first baseman in Rizzo gives yeah. everybody confidence. Going the other way, uh, again, one stat from last night's game was in the first five innings, with first seven innings, we grounded into five double plays. And there's still that tendency to give the bases away yeah, once, we, once we get on there. So um, the, 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 the other big positive to me that hasn't been mentioned so far has been speed. I know oh, Tyler Way yeah. is, you know, is Rob's favourite, but actually in terms of the way... <laughs> The way that he's, you know, there's pace there, pace with Velasquez. We've changed almost into that running team where Judge is happy enough to take the single, knowing that we can move the people a lot on. Um, the other just slight concern for me, I mean, we know that Britain's now out for the season. Chapman is, could, you know, could be a strike, yeah. could, could hit the backboard. It's just that where we've, been used to having a you know a seven eight nine closer you know formation. It just seems a little bit up in the air at the moment. Loisago has been great, but that's just one picture. Yeah, but I, I think you're right. I think the the Chapman thing's a real nightmare. He's gone back. So if you look at the beginning of the season, he was he was touching 103 with his fastball, and now he's struggling to hit 99. And you because he was touching a lot of sticky stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure his numbers, have, his, num- his numbers have went to shit since they stopped it. Since the sticky stuff, I, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. I, I, I thought he'd still done all right even after the sticky stuff had changed, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So, yeah, I mean, he's turned into a liability, uh, is what he's turned into, uh, and that's a problem, which is where I think where your man Loisiger comes into it yes. because he's a closer he, he's a definitely a good closer and he loves yeah. that see he seems to love that closer role and um yeah i would give him the role i would i, I think use chapman in less like less key 
positions and you know not quite as a fireman role but bring him in when you know he's he's not putting the game on the line and, and let him get his three outs or whatever I don't know. And then, give him some time as a setup man. If he can't close, yeah. try and give him some time as a setup exactly, man. Yeah. Else. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I think. And I, I I don't know if it's as dramatic as as soon as the band the sticky stuff is formed disappeared, but it certainly it certainly feels like it anyway. Um he, he took Cole a few weeks again, he almost he went sideways for a bit and now he's back, but he it impacted him as well. But he's a top notch. He I mean, I'm not saying Chapman hasn't been, but um, but Chappie's been kind of up and down over the years, hasn't he? He's always goes through these periods, and it normally comes at the key point of the season, which it seems to have happened again. Um, I'm hopeful that we move on from him next year and, and move on. And you know, if it's Lasaga or whoever it is, it's going to be the closer. You know, Chad Green might be an option. Um, we need to look at who we're going to move into that role and, and, and just make it happen. But yeah, I mean, overall. The, the speed thing, I think, that, that you brought up, David, is a huge point because I think pre-All-Star break, we talked about how painfully slow this team was. They didn't run on anything. And I think it's a big thing since the All-Star break. They've started to inject a bit of speed into the team, a bit of pace on the base pass. As you said, Tyler Wade, Velasquez, these guys have came in and they're willing to run. And it's just, that's how baseball should be played. And we so, weren't doing it. We weren't doing it at all. And you can see now that we can we can manufacture runs. We can advance runners. We can do all that stuff we weren't doing. And we can win games. We can sneak games that we might not have got away with before. I, I called it at the beginning of the season. Sorry, David. I'll, I'll let you jump back in in a sec. But I, I think I may have even called it at the end of last season or in the off-season. The game is changing and putting people on base moving runners over needs to come back. Yes. The bunt game is coming back. Whether you like yes. it or not, it's coming back. And 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 that kind of thing is exciting baseball. Why would you not like it? I, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But, <laughs> yeah. but baseball over the last sort of 10 years even has been like all about hitting home runs and nothing else or trying to hit home runs or get strikeouts. Well, actually the game is about moving runners over. And especially now this new, uh, you know, the new uh, extra innings rules have come in where actually yeah. you need to be good at laying down a bunt. You need to be good at moving a runner from second to third. So yeah, I, I think this has the potential to be exciting for baseball as a whole. I'm just disappointed. It's taking so long for it to happen, but I'm glad that Yankees are uh, are on board the train. Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing with baseball, and I, I mentioned it, I don't know when it was, it was a while back, but, you know, people go on about checks like a long ball and all that, but it's great to see a team hit, hitting home runs, but the most exciting part of baseball is when the ball's in play. When the ball's in play and you've got defence happening, you've got people moving around, that's the most exciting part of baseball, and that's what we all want to see, so... As much as it's nice to see your big power hitters hitting the ball hard, we really want to see the guys, you know, get the ball in play and, and, and just shit happening. It's funny, as a coach, one of the things I say to my players an awful lot is, and, and they'll get bored of me play, saying it, is you put the ball in play, good things happen. Fact. Like, put the ball in play, good things happen. Like, you have to, you know, a, a defence has to make a play. You put the ball in play, that might drop behind them. It might hit, be hit over the over the uh, the head of the outfielder. It, whatever it is, you put the ball in play, 
Only good things can happen. Yeah. You can't score if you're not on base. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and then, you know, I'm just having a quick look. Eight of the, those 28 games in August were one-run games, whether we won or lost. And actually yeah. having that ability to get people on base, move people along. Kevin, um, it, it, the word's right. You can sneak a win that you might not otherwise have got. 100%. I want, I want to rewind real quick to the sticky stuff thing and somebody who has come a long, a long way, and we've mentioned him on this pod uh, at the, the beginning of this or earlier on, Nesta Cortez. So yeah, he is a brilliant pitcher now. So post sticky stuff, maybe maybe he was using it before and it was it was holding him back. I don't know. <laughs> but he's turned into this this incredible picture that, that everyone wants to watch because of the his antics on the mound for a start and, and one of those things was the other day I can't remember I think it was the one of the Oakland games where he got called very rightly for a bock he went towards home plate but threw over yeah to first base. The first, yeah, yeah and, and was called for a bock and, and he challenged it. but actually the interesting thing about that is he was called for the bock by the Third base umpire, third base umpire, yeah, yeah, which was which was really rare. And then later on in the game, he picked off, and then checked back with the third. Yeah. He, he he looked back towards the third base umpire. Said, Is that okay? Is that okay? Because that third base umpire had a nightmare that night. He but well, he had a nightmare. He the had a well. sh- he had a shocker. Yeah, he did. Made some bad calls. He, he actually, yeah. Who was it? There was someone. Was was it someone out at third and he called them in or vice versa? He had yeah, an yeah. absolute nightmare. Well, yeah, that that was a funny one actually. So that one he he called I can't remember who it was, but he called them out. I think at it was third. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was an Oakland runner, and I and I, I assume it was um, I assume it was Geo who was on third base. The the throw pulled Geo off third base, um, and yeah, it, he he called them out and up. Uh, it was. It was bizarre. The I think replay... it was a door. Was that a door? Was that a door? That oh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It, it was, was. It was a door. Yeah, yeah it pulled was. him off the base. And he clearly, his foot came off. Yeah. And But I think there was also another one just before that, but the Yankees were out of... the. the actually, Aaron Boone used their, their um, challenge on a play that was never... It was clearly the right decision and then wasted it. And then there was one shortly after with the third base umpire where we should have... Got the call, and we didn't have the challenge left. Yeah, and that and was frustrating. This is the where I feel like the replay thing isn't quite right when 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 there's a clearly egregious problem like that, and you can't challenge it. There, there is yeah. there is still a problem in the game, and I think they need to get that right. I don't want to go into too much depth on that because uh, we'll be here forever. So, so, some of the strikes and stuff at the moment as well is just oh man, you watch it and you're like, it's so far out of the strike zone. How can they call it in? But they are. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if these umpires are so desperate for uh, for robo umps to come in that they're, they're <laughs> yeah. making these calls on purpose to make it like, yeah, to get a bring them in next season so that you don't have to make these awful calls anymore. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've umpired games before. It is difficult to call balls and strikes. It really is. But at that level, some of the some of the calls have been atrocious this year and don't get me wrong players make errors 
and therefore yeah. umpires should be allowed and able to make errors. I think that's where you know replay comes. It does have its place to play if they can make an error and it needs to be fixed. But yeah, on balls and strikes that are way inside or way outside, and we've seen it a lot. And catchers are getting better at at mugging framing. umpires. Yeah, it's it's not framing. Yeah. It's uh, it's mugging umpires. So, you know, but it is part as part of it's <laughs> termed this pitch framing. But yeah. It is, but if you look at some of the things that, you know, this this left, you know, having the knee down thing. So they'll have one knee down and they'll have one knee up. And the reason for that isn't just, so partly it's to get balls and strikes, but the large majority of that is because it takes a frame of reference away from the umpire to call a, yeah. a strike or a ball. So, and actually, it, in theory, it makes blocking the ball easier. So... Yeah. There's some really interesting stuff around that that take take the frame of reference away from an umpire and it makes it very, very difficult for them to call balls or strikes, which, again, is an, another argument for robo-umps. I mean, I can accept when, you know, if, if, if an umpire has a sort of expanded strike zone, if you like, which is consistent across every batter, you can accept that, you know, he's calling it the same way for everyone. It's when... You know, he calls one one way, and then the same sort of pitch comes the next. Maybe not the next pitch, but in the same game, and he, he calls it the other way. You're like, you need some consistency in there. But yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's a difficult task. I think it is a difficult task, and I think it's something we need to accept that mistakes happen in sport. But I, I do think it is pushing more and more and more, and I think we're starting to hear more noise now about the robot on it. The technology exists to have a robo ump. I can't say that very well. Too many vice, too many vice beers tonight. But yeah, I think he, they are pushing the, you know, the talk of robo umps a bit in the forefront now, and it's becoming more and more sort of discussed. I think it's a matter of time. I really do think it's a matter of time before they start making that stuff. You, you don't because it, it wouldn't be that difficult to do. You technology don't exists happen. like it does in tennis and other sports for them to make the call. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, when it goes against the Yankees, I kind of want it to happen. But then part of me thinks it's kind of making the game a bit sterile, so I'm not so sure. You, you don't want it to happen, but it's almost going to take a bad call at a big moment in the World Series for someone to take some action, whether it's robo-umps. You know, the, the whole clear and egregious has been taken by some of the coaches completely differently. And it's almost, you know, it's still in its infancy. It's not like, you know, you've got cricket, you've got rugby that have had the fourth official for a while. It's still in the infancy. And I think it's going to take a while, but I think unfortunately it might take something big for it to then be, for them to work out the path for it to be fully rolled out. Yeah, I think you're right, and uh, that's a bit of a worry, but um, yeah, it's what it is. I, I, I want to bring this back to the Yankees, and, and I'm going to bring it back uh, around the point that uh, we talked again a little bit about earlier about you know making sure Luke Voigt got some time, and uh, we have Anthony Rizzo as well. It's obviously, since Rizzo has been uh, off, you know, he had a, a ten-day spell on the IL with uh, with with COVID. Since he's been back, he's not been very good with a bat. Whereas Luke has been on fire, what do we do at first base, guys? What what are we going to do? Play Gary Sanchez there. 
Oh man, you're only saying that because Jack's not here. His head would have exploded. Oh, I wish he was. I wish he was here. Yeah, uh, it's a difficult one because I love Rizzo and I love his defense, and I think it's it's been great to watch. But man, he's came back cold, hasn't he? He's been ice cold, and that is hard when you've got a guy like Voigt who has been. I mean, Voigt's not terrible at first. Let's be honest. But is there a way to get all of them in the team by playing, you know, Rizzo at first and? Boy, at I mean, is it for you? For you, DH, if you've got Stanton in the outfield, Stanton in the outfield. I mean, you can't drop Stanton just now. He's no, that's that. I mean, that's the only way ground that's the yeah. only ground I can see. And I, I actually think it works quite well, you know, the outfield with him on the left, Rizzo on the right, and um, Judge in center field. I don't think it's, it's a terrible setup. I think he needs to bat further down the order, Rizzo. I mean, he was on fire when he first came over. He was he was brilliant to watch his bat and his defense, but he's kind of his, defense, his bats just fell falling away, which is interesting when you think about trying to retain him at the end of the season. In what way? Does it make it less likely if his bat's so cold? I don't know. The question is, does it make it less likely that other teams want him? I think I've said that. I think he's going back to the Cubs. I know there was an argument that he wouldn't. I think he's going back to the Cubs 100. percent I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not all in 100, percent but I, I, I certainly see it happening. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Definitely, definitely got a chance to happen for sure. But equally, we, as I mentioned before, we do have a problem at first base at the end of the season, and I, I like your solution for it. I'm, I'm not sure anyone else does, Kev, because <laughs> nah, we need, a, we need a catcher. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem is if Rizzo does go back at the the end of the season, it's a game we're looking for lefty bats. I mean, when you talk about the end of the season, like, I suppose we don't need to look that far ahead, but what happens with guys like Odor? You think he's done enough to stay on a team? I like him. No. No? Really? No. He, he's, he, he's proved he's, his versatility. For I was going sure. to say, he's versatile now. He can, he can play a number of positions. He's, he's, he's pretty competent at everything we've asked him to do. But, but, but batting but average is extremely low. Uh, yeah, lefty you, bat has a bit of power. He's a he's a lefty bat that bats. If we're lucky, two hundred. You know, in August where we've had a really good August, he's batting one sixty something. He's he's really not doing very well, and I've not been wholly impressed by him. He's a good backup, and that's all he is for me. Whereas I'd much prefer to see my my regular infield look like a, a DJ LeMahieu at second and a Gio Urshela at third. And let's face it. When you got those two guys in the lineup, you have no room for Rodrigo Dor except for a, a, as a bench player. Yeah, bench player. I think I think he is a bench player, though. I think he's a bench player, spot starter type guy. I mean, he's 15 home runs in the season, 39 ribbies. He, he hits for low average, strikes out a lot, but overall, a lefty bat, the guy that can cover multiple positions, costing is the best part of nothing. I think I believe. Yeah, and if, uh, I mean, he's, if he starts he's, costing us money, then I'm not sure he becomes as good a value for, for that yeah, reason. Well, at the moment, for zero, for zero outlay is excellent. But yeah, I don't know. You know, I like the guy. I like the way he plays, and I like. I just, yeah. It's going to be an interesting one as we go into the off season. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move it on to the next week then. What what, what are you... I mean, I don't want to go into predictions necessarily for next week. I, I kind of just want to hear about... If you're going to have predictions, let's have predictions about players rather than the games at this point in the season because 
we always predict a week ahead in the in the standings. I'm I'm, I'm curious to see what your predictions are for players rather than scores. What what are we going to see? Because you don't want to say six and zero. No, I'll say six and zero. <laughs> if you want to go there, I'll say six and zero. I'm not Captain Neg. You are. I'll, I'll, yeah, we, we've got uh, the Orioles, which will be three wins, and if it's not, well, we are, we're in some serious problems, and we we need to win those games against the Blue Jays. So yeah, uh, six and zero. If you're going to go go down that route, Captain Neg's going five and yeah, four and two. Four and two. I'll split, I was going to go four two. I'll split it then five and one. The the, the one no. thing, I mean, to, to, tonight you've got your cold start against the Angels. You need, um, yeah, three against the Orioles. We always seem to stumble against the Blue Jays. Whether it's the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are. I think I, earlier in the season I called them our kryptonite. They're that kind of team of young hitters. Although we are a very much different team now as we go to face them. We're could be very different, but yeah, I could see us dropping at least one of them games, probably two. I think we'll beat the Angels tonight. I think that will stop the bleeding, and I think we'll probably spank the Orioles over three, but I think we'll drop two at the Blue Jays. Yeah, that's what drop, I'm thinking at the moment. If we drop two at the Blue Jays, that's a problem. But yeah, six and zero for me. So what? From a player, give give me something good from a player. Something we're going to see from one of the players, whether it's home runs, whether it's robbing uh, robbing home runs, whether it's making amazing defensive plays, whether it's turning a corner and being really really good all of a sudden. What what do we think? What, what do we think from players this uh, coming week? Aroldis <sighs> Chapman's going to turn back the clock to two months ago. Love it, Kev. Our oldest Chapman's going to turn back the clock. He's going to go, and he's. Um, I think Stanton's. You think so? You think so? Sorry, Kev, you cut out a bit there. I think what you said was our oldest yeah. Chapman's going to turn back the clock and hit 105. And who else did you say? No, I said I don't think that's actually going to happen. Sorry, I just got a message saying my internet connection's unstable. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's that's your mental state. That's the message. Yeah, I was going to say that's if I'm talking about Chappie in that way, it's definitely a mental state. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think Stanton's going to rake. I think Stanton. Stanton's going to is going to rake. He's you know over the last I don't know last 10, 14 days he's probably hit six home runs. I think he's going to keep raking. That's Stanton's going to rake. I, I like it. That, yes. that, that's, that's a hashtag right there. Stanton's going to rake. Yes. David, what you got? Oh, to me. A lot of the earlier on in the season, either with the defence or with the key hitting, it was Geo. And if we've now got Geo coming back stronger, either you know a number of those triple, you know either the triple plays or the double plays start with great defence from him, or he's come out with a key hit, and he's been reasonably quiet recently, and he's come yeah. back from you know prolonged bouts of you know with COVID and sickness. I think if he gets a, home, gets a good few games under his belt. I'm looking for a big September from him. Love the guy. Love that prediction. Love the guy. I think he'll, I think he'll get back to his best and uh, I'll look forward to it as well. Given the comments that we were making earlier about, you know, and again, Torres. I know last week's podcast about Torres in the infield. Could September be make or break for him? 
hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent make or break for Gleyber Torres in September. Hundred percent. I had actually forgot about him. I had honestly forgot about Torres. He never came into my thinking before this podcast or any time we've been talking. He never even entered my thoughts, which is a bad sign. Yeah. It doesn't bode well for our, our shortstop position next year, does it? It, it, think... is, it is a question. We, we've talked a little bit about the guy doing some... He's been relatively okay with the bats. He he's seems never pretty a shortstop. Huh? He's never a shortstop. I don't know. I'm Sorry, I'm, I'm going... I was going to go with Andrew Velasquez, actually. So... He, yeah. He's been relatively okay with the bat. He is a solid shortstop. Oh, he's he, good. He looks really good. He's fantastic to watch. Is he a genuine option next year for shortstop? And if so, where in the world does Gleyber Torres go? Torres, for me, has to play third base or uh, second base, sorry, or or has to be traded. I just, I just, I don't see him as a shortstop. I, I think we've tried it for long enough to prove that it doesn't work. I think Velasquez has been a breath of fresh air. I listened to R2C2 with Velasquez and I thought, he just comes across as a dude living the dream, but also has a lot of belief in himself. The job's his to lose at the moment, unless the Yankees can pick someone up in free agency this winter. But I just think the Gleyber Torres experiment at shortstop is, for me, is over. We've seen the difference it's made to have that kind of defence at short. I just don't think we continue with that. I just, I would prefer we didn't anyway. Because really, if you're saying he's Torres second base, then you enter the, is it DJ or Torres to play second base? Or, you know, if you were looking then to play him second base, is it then DJ or potentially Voigt or Rizzo to play first base? Or then we're looking, does Torres actually become excellent trade bait? Yeah, I think... For me, you talk about free agency. I'm trying to see who's up in next year. And I think it looks like Avi Baez, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Anderson Simmons, and Trevor Story. And we've been... It's loaded. Yeah, we've been linked with Trevor Story a lot. Yeah, Um, I would like like Story. Yeah. I'm not sure about I'd have Avi Baez as well. I would have him. Just to annoy the Mets. He is not, yeah, he's going to annoy the Mets, but after his antics the last week, booing the fans, I'm not sure he'll land in New York very well. Big thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, there's a a stacked lineup there in terms of what the the free agent class looks like in shortstop. So, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see how it all goes, but I've really liked watching uh, uh, Andrew Velasquez. Yeah, I, I just he grew, up, I, he grew up in the shadow of the stadium. It's just a great story. How can you me. not love that story exactly? Oh, but it's e- equally, I still think his sample size in Major League Baseball is way too it's small, small to be yeah, yeah to be to be basing anything on. But yeah, you're right. But I think I think if you've got enough, if you've got enough in the other positions, you can afford to carry a slightly offensively deficient shortstop providing he's providing you with amazing defence. I mean, that that's the way it's kind of traditionally been in baseball. You guys like Derek Jeter and stuff are exceptions to the rule, but you can tend to carry that guy, and I think that's something the Yankees should seriously consider, is that you're not going to have an all-star at every position. I know we didn't, you know, we kind of aim for that, but you're not going to have that. If you've got the rest of the, constru- the roster constructed properly, we can carry his his offence because his defence is good. 
and it's a feel-good story for a guy from the Bronx. And I would like to see it happen, but anybody but Torres for me, sure. I, I just think it doesn't work. Yeah, I agree, and I hate to say you're right again, but I think you probably are. Captain, think... Captain Wright, are we coming now? No, 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 we're, we're sticking with Captain Neg. <laughs> as long as I'm captain, I don't care. Let's face it, what you're talking about <laughs> is the fact that our current shortstop is not good enough, Captain Neg. So for me, <laughs> I, I asked at the beginning of that what we think players are going to do, and I, I think Joey Gallo, who's had a, an atrocious August, has got to have a better September um, and I think he will and I think we'll see his bat come around in September and he's going to hit lots of home runs that that's my prediction anyway so guys I think we, we've uh, we've talked for a while about the stuff that's coming up and I'm, I'm really glad that this has been slightly different we're not talking about just this week or next week we're talking about this month just gone and the month to come, which is the, the, the two really important things. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how it all plays out. Really appreciate you guys joining me tonight. And we will see you hopefully both again in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, this is the Empire Strikes Back signing out. We'll be in your earbuds this time next week. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Good night.